0: This is the second of a two-part episode on Elon Musk, on dumb people with terrible ideas. If you missed the first episode, I recommend you go over there and get caught up, Chief. I'm your host, Eric Gray. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square, Um, so, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they're able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, and a good sign as to whether there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like? And if that is the case, then we have free speech. So. Let's talk about free speech. Jack Sweeney is a broke-ass college student living in a college dormitory. Young Jack, a jobless junior, joyfully jacked publicly available flight tracking information to automatically tweet the journey by jet of Elon Musk's private aircraft. Jack, well, he said it and forget it. All the while, his Twitter account tweeted out automatically. Every time Elon Musk's plane flew from Austin, Texas, to Bogota, Colombia, to wherever the fuck, Elon Musk hated it. He was absolutely appalled. Alan's aggravation escalated and Alon asked Jack to abandon the automatic exposing of his aircraft's aviation information, even offering the ample amount of $5,000 to encourage Jack to abandon the endeavor. Well, old Jack, now he's a dopey college kid, sure, but he's no dummy. So he counter offered $50,000 to Elon Musk. So now we're negotiating. Elon offers 5,000. Jack counters with 50,000. All to stop tracking Elon's plane with again publicly available aviation data. And Jack's reasoning was that 50 G's would help pay for his college education. And maybe, just maybe, jack could even buy a car perhaps a tesla even melon husk a man whose hair looks like a paintbrush that you forgot about for a few years and just found on a shelf said no musk felt that fifty thousand dollars was too much to pay to prevent jack the junior from tweeting out the public information yet it still hurts Elon Musk's fee fees. So instead of hiring this intrepid little scamp, a young man who clearly has shown some imagination and initiative. Elon spent $44 billion to purchase Twitter. And then he took Jack's account down himself after he owned the company. It literally went like this, billionaire. Can I pay you $5,000 to shut off your Twitter feed? College student, make it $50,000, sir. Billionaire, nah, I'll pay 44 billion, I'll buy the company instead, and I'll kick your ass off. And that's when we realized that Elon Musk isn't about keeping free speech free, as he claims, but keeping free speech that he likes free. Because when people from CNN and the New York Times tweeted about it, Their accounts were suspended, too. This just in, breaking news. Elon Musk says he's going to sue that college kid. Elon Musk and Twitter already signed a contract for Elon Musk to buy Twitter for $44 billion, and Twitter intends to make sure that Elon Musk buys Twitter for $44 billion. Elon Musk is now trying to back out of that, but it takes two to terminate. Even though Elon Musk says he wants out, This is why there are a variety of different options here. When Elon Musk isn't busy union busting or committing stock market manipulation in broad daylight or naming his child after the sound your skeleton makes when you skin your knee falling off a bicycle, he does impulsive things like offer to buy Twitter, then try to pull out of buying Twitter then get pulled back into the deal via potential lawsuits and the legal system, which crashes the very stock of the goddamn thing he was trying to buy in the first place. 44 billion to this emerald emissary is about as damaging to his overall net worth as an oil change to you or I. 44 billion dollars, man, that's just walking around cash. That's McDonald's money. He could spend more than that digging holes in the dirt for fun. In fact, he has. He owns a company, imaginatively called The Boring Company, that just digs holes underground for tunnels, subways, and family reunions with his mole people. But yes, after a back and forth dance between buying Twitter or not buying Twitter that played out in the press with the elegance and nuance of two rats fucking in a wool sock, Elon did, in fact, buy Twitter. Once again, teaching the lesson that you should never trust a guy with 10 kids who says he's going to pull out. Twitter employees have a difficult decision to make. In a recent internal email sent by new owner Elon Musk, employees have until 5 p.m. today to commit to extremely hardcore work or leave the company. Musk goes on to say only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade and explains how Twitter will be, quote, much more engineering driven. Muskie Fallon a man that looks like someone tried to draw Robert Downey Jr. from memory, bought Twitter and immediately made it clear that there was a new head dick in charge. Workers would need to be extremely hardcore, which I guess is an industry term. They must log long hours at high intensity and only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Meanwhile, his attempt to free the speech at Twitter resulted in anti-Semitic tweets spiking upward by 60%. And racism against black folks more than tripling on the platform in just a matter of days. Craven Mellon even stopped allowing remote work, said if you can't show up to the office, resignation accepted. Boom. End of story. Half the Twitter staff got the boot, or they just quit and all those perks daycare reimbursement wellness classes just gone poof and don't even think about taking a long christmas vacation because uh elon's watching people he's always watching hi everyone hello yes good to have all my new twitter employees together in one arena finally right hashtag covid Anywho's, I'm Elon Musk, your new boss. Testing, is this thing on? Testing, hello. So yeah, yeah, we're going to make, we're going to strive to make Twitter better, more inclusive, more democratic. We'll be making free speech freer. We'll be making more money. All of you, hey, please, grab a drink. Open bar, some canapes. While I just show you something right here for a moment. See this? See this? the wind from the whirring blade. This husk barna is a heaven-sent handyman's helper. How'd you like to feel this across your throat, huh? I call it the judge. It slices swiftly through the toughest of timbers. It can chip-chop the mid of a malcontented mid-manager. It's a meticulous machine, you hear me? <laughs> but first, I understand my employees have a few questions of me. Please, take a seat. Yes, uh... Yes, you, yes. Ah. The question about work-life balance, indeed. I thought to you did you do not need balance, Carol. You hear me say? No. I don't want you to bring your work home. I want your home to be work. I To merge, merge. your home and work, Carol. Bring a pillow, Carol. Freedom isn't free, Carol. Freedom isn't free, Carol. Ah, yes, so where will our daycare area be? What's your name again? Dern, I can't. You're trembling. I can't read your name tag. Oh, Harvey. Harvey, scumbag. You gotta take care of your own kids, Harvey. Harvey, gotta struggle to take care of your own kids. The judge speaks with your bad, Harvey. Kids, ah! Harvey, your struggle, my struggle. I'll tweet out goddamn my comp, Harvey. Ah! 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 You work for 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, Harvey, scumbag. Shortly after taking over as Chief Twit, Musty Lemon's chainsaw started its sweep throughout the company leaving a wide arc of severed employees and broken dreams while hacking over half from the payroll. Unfortunately, they were all fired before they could baby-proof the joint. Normally, a new boss comes in and evaluates people and evaluates teams, determines redundancies, identifies mission-critical employees, weighing the revenue producers with a different rubric than the engineers, because the engineers always cost more money than they bring in, but they're the lifeblood of any, of any technological venture. But a law uncut based upon metrics like, are you hardcore? And are you excellent? And do you wanna go with me, check yes or no? One metric he used, it's been reported, was how many lines of code a person had written in the last 30 days. But great programmers use less code because bloated lines of code that are unnecessary and redundant bring in mistakes and bugs. It's like hiring a TV weatherman based upon how many sunny days you had last week. It's a pointless metric. Hey Alon, you want me to work extremely hardcore? The employees said. We already did that. This fucking company didn't exist 20 years ago. We paid our dues two decades ago when we built the thing. Those bright go-getters are now parents with responsibilities and can no longer pull all-nighters at the office because they now need CPAP machines, and special sciatica pillows to get a good night's rest. Constant coding at 20 means carpal tunnel at 40. You want someone hardcore, who will work long hours with high intensity? Go hire that college kid that tweeted out assassination coordinates every time you jetted off to a South American ayahuasca retreat. That kid will work for an internship for six months, straight, surviving solely on rainwater and saltine crackers, just to get his foot in the door. Or demand that Harvey miss his only child's bar mitzvah because the squirt emoji just broke. Your call, boss. And yeah, so let's talk about this blue check mark thing which is so goddamn stupid, even Stephen King told Elon Musk to fuck off over it. So the blue check mark was traditionally used to indicate and verify that the famous person on Twitter is actually the famous person on Twitter, so that you can feel confident that you're jerking off to the real Zac Efron instead of an imposter. But Nylon Crust came up with a business idea more fucked up than a football bat. Anyone could pay $8 per month to get a blue check mark on Twitter. Anyone. So anyone could cosplay any celebrity that they wanted to. One could impersonate Bank of America or the president of the United States of America for only eight dollars. Hey, how's that plan gonna work when a fake Joe Biden tells the real Vladimir Putin to go eat shit and then the bombs start falling? You gonna tweet a bomb shelter into existence, you dick? Immediately, these fake verified accounts flooded Twitter. Pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly had their stock drop after some knuckle impersonated the company and claimed that insulin was now going to be free. Eli Lilly lost billions of dollars of value. Elon Musk acting like God just out here making anybody. A fake LeBron James asked for a trade, while a fake Chiquita Banana tweeted that it had overtaken the Brazilian government. Pope Francis tweeted out, hey bitches, I'm in France. OJ Simpson tweeted, not gonna lie, I did that shit. Just a massive unforced error that immediately caused every company on Twitter to suddenly stop advertising on Twitter because now no one knew who was real and who wasn't which wound up destroying the only reliable revenue source that the near bankrupt company had going for it. Hell, Eli Lilly was a paid advertiser on Twitter, so they got screwed by Twitter while paying Twitter. And it's not free speech if you have to pay eight bucks for it. Your humble narrator lives with a beautiful wife and a grouchy dog in a modest town home in the gentle foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. How comforting to know that it costs me the same amount per month to prove I'm a podcast narrator as it does multimillionaires like Stephen King, the cash me outside how about that girl, and goddamn Oprah, Everyone on my block is one bad month away from selling their kidney to buy their kid a birthday present. But at least I and you can pay the exact same amount as Elton John for free speech. What we learned on Friday is that big tech works aggressively and in secret with government agencies to subvert the outcome of what the rest of us assumed were free and fair elections. Twitter is both a social media company and a crime scene, tweeted Elon Musk. He was referring to something he called the Twitter files, a supposed trove of clandestine documents that showed that the former management of Twitter had conspired with the deep state Democrats on influencing recent elections. This is not and was not the case but right-wing media leapt onto the allegations faster than a sprayed roach, treating the Twitter files like a confidential murder confession tossed over a transom in some 1920s detective flick. But hey, these papers do reveal some pretty heavy stuff, like how Twitter had to make difficult decisions moderating content on the January 6th insurrection and weighing COVID-19 misinformation versus open and free speech, and, and also allegations about a private citizen's laptop, all in a election cycle on a communication platform that nobody could have imagined 20 years ago. And to make this impossible job just a little bit easier, Twitter installed a hotline for both Republicans and Democrats to report inaccurate information. Wow. How bipartisan of them. But Fox News said it was censorship. Actually, it was Twitter employees trying to figure out how to moderate an insurrection, an election, a war in Ukraine, all in real time. It was public safety. It was responsibility, corporate responsibility. It wasn't a a scandal. We now know it was a really helpful thing, actually, the Twitter file. And let's not forget the real gem here. We got to see how content moderation works. Republicans called that hotline to remove content as well, including now but not for long House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and even President Trump, who reached out to Twitter to take down a tweet from Chrissy Teigen that called him a, quote, pussy ass bitch. Oh, and by the way, while revealing those details, in the details were the personal email of Twitter's founder and former CEO, the personal email of a sitting congressman, and the names and contact information of people who no longer even worked at Twitter, but were now subjected to abuse from the patrons publishing on the very platform that had fired them. It's like getting kicked out of a party but still being forced to watch through the window as everyone else talks shit about you or marriage counseling. And now, hardcore Republicans adore Elon Musk. Think about this. Many of the people that are convinced that vaccines have microchips in them are cheering on a guy that is actually training to put microchips in people, just like those monkeys playing asteroids with their mind in the last episode. Times, 2021 Person of the Year. Frisky Nylon bought into PayPal when all the work had been done and called himself its founder. He bought into Tesla when all the work was done and called himself its sole visionary. But his real character was revealed when it comes to Jack the Junior. Because Elon Musk showed he would spend $5,000 to disguise his trips, won't pay $50,000 to disguise his trips, and will pay $44 billion to disguise his trips if it also fucks over a college kid trying to pay for tuition. You can buy Twitter, but you can't buy class. Excuse me, sir. Sorry to bother you during your meal here at Ruth's Chris, but are you Harvey Finkelstein? Yes, of course, sir. We have an urgent call for you. Hello, Harvey speaking. 24 hours, Harvey. hey so this is the first episode of season three of dumb people with terrible ideas concluding a two-parter on elon musk this podcast is produced and performed by eric gray co-written by tj small hire tj yourself look at the show notes click on the link and tj will write poop jokes for you too Also, we still got the mailing list popping. I'll send you an email once a month. Tops? But you can get some exclusive content at ericexplains.com. Just sign up for the mailing list at ericexplains.com. And as always, hey, thanks for listening.